Praise the level God, this is DK Grooms with Rock Solid Truth, and I'm so glad that you have joined with us again today, amen, for the Rock Solid Truth broadcast. Praise the name of the Lord. The Word of God says, let everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. Let everything that is breathing, praise the Lamb of God. The entire world screams about praising the Lord. I'm so glad that you have joined with us today. Praise the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. We've been talking about Peter. Amen. Walking on the water for the past couple of weeks. And what a glorious time we have had in the scriptures of our Lord and with our Lord Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, move upon us. Praise the Lamb of God. Strengthen us and guide us, Lord, as we go forth into your word. Praise the Lamb of God. We're talking about a man who in the midst of his crisis made a demand on the power of God. And in that demand... This man, Peter, would rise above his situations. He would rise above his circumstances. He would rise above his fears and his doubts. And he would trust in the word of the Lord as he would cry out, Lord, if it be thou you, bid me to come. That's all he asked. What a tremendous way to ask a question. Because the only way that the Lord could respond was to come. That's the only way that he could respond. And I praise God for the way that Peter asked the question. And immediately following that cry, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come, Jesus would speak and tell Peter, he would say, come. You know, how is it that Peter would walk on the water? What is it that would bring Peter to walk on the water? It's simple. Matthew 14, 29. And he said, come. And, we, and when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. When Peter came down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. He had already made the decision in the boat to get out of the boat. The simple application in this truth is that if you're ever going to see the miraculous in your life, you're going to have to get out of the boat. I'll say that again. If you're ever going to see the miraculous, if you're ever going to see the manifestation of God in your life, you're going to have to determine to get out of the boat. You're going to have to go to a place where you feel insecure and you don't feel so safe. Or you're not so comfortable. Because that's what getting out of the boat means. It means that you're in a place that is not comfortable at all. You're not safe at all. You don't feel secure at all. Getting out of the boat means moving to a place where everything that you are and everything that depends on him supplying everything that you're going to need. Oh, that was a mouthful, but let me say it again. Getting out of the boat means going to a place where you're not comfortable. You're not secure, and you don't feel safe. Getting out of the boat means moving to a place where everything you are and everything that you depend on is now depending on him and everything that you will need because he's going to be your source. I will tell you in this past couple of years, 
the Lord has led me to a place that has that He has directed me to take some huge steps of faith. Steps of faith that thrust me into a place where it was impossible for me to go forward unless He made the impossible possible through the steps that He was directing me to take. Because these steps took me out of my comfort zone. These steps brought me to a place where I had to have the confidence and I had to have the boldness to enter in with faith, to appropriate grace with confidence in a time of need. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. The Word of God is speaking to you and I as children of God. Let us come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You see, this was the case with Peter. Not only was it the case with me, it was the case with Peter as well. The ship was full of water. It looked like the ship was going down. It was full of water. I mean, it looked like it was going down. The situation was critical. It was life-threatening. They were in a crisis. But you know, no matter how bad it looked in the boat, I'll say that again, no matter how bad it looked in the boat, it looked worse on the outside of the boat. It looked worse out on the water. It looked worse out in the storm. It looked worse with the swells and the water rising above and the wind beating against those waves. Inside the boat, there seemed to be a little bit of a chance. Outside of the boat, there seemed to be no chance. No chance of survival. No possibility of survival. Outside of the boat... If you're looking with your carnal eyes, and if you're looking with your fleshly eyes, it looked impossible. I mean, it's hard to get people out of the boat if they can swim, let alone get them out of the boat if they can't swim. And yet, this is exactly where Jesus wanted Peter. And he wanted not only Peter, but he wanted the other leaven out of the boat as well, walking on the water. You see... Outside the boat is where the miraculous and the impossible becomes the possible. Oh, I need to say that again. It's outside the boat, not in the boat, outside the boat, where the miraculous and the impossible becomes the possible. You see, if, if you're doing something for God and you are doing it within your own power, and you're doing it within your own abilities, then it's very doubtful that you have tapped into the perfect will of God for your life. What God has prepared for you is beyond you. It cannot be done in the realms of natural power. When I spoke to the Lord not too long ago, and we've been doing a work in Africa and Pakistan and India and throughout the entire world. And I told the Lord, I said, I wanted to fund 50 orphanages. I wanted to feed 
a hundred villages. I wanted to secure land and equip land for the saints and buy vehicles that make it easier on the children of God and the men of God and the pastors of God and the women of God so they could get to the very designated place that they need to go to preach the gospel. That's an impossible task for me, and I know it. And yet I wrote down the impossible. And I tell you that God is moving in that direction. God is moving in the power of his might. And I thank God for it. But you know, it's beyond me. I can't do it. It's going to take people that are going to come alongside of me and say, yes, Pastor, we agree with the vision that, that you have brought forth. We agree with what you want to do. We agree with getting the gospel out there. We want to feed the poor. We want to touch the poor. We want to preach the poor to the captives and make and get them free. Hallelujah. This cannot be accomplished within the scope of my human abilities. I'll tell you what it is. It's walking on the water in the midst of the storm. That's exactly what it is. It's walking in the fiery furnace in the midst of adversity. It's sleeping in the lion's den when your enemies are looking to destroy you. It's feeding the multitudes with five loaves and two fishes when everybody is hungry. And that's exactly how I feel about the task and what, what I have feel in my heart to do for the glory of God. And yet, I believe that it can be done. I believe that it can be accomplished. I believe that the covenant thus says what is impossible with man is possible with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word of God says, he that considereth the poor, he that considereth the poor, he delivered them out of all their troubles. When the Lord spoke to me many years ago and he told me, go ye therefore into all nations, teaching them and, ob and observing what I have taught you. I took that, I took that call very, very serious, praise the Lamb of God. And he's brought me through, and he's brought me to the very place that we are today. And no, we have not accomplished what we need to accomplish. But I tell you, by the grace of God and the power of God, and you, it will be done. It will be done. Let me tell you what the perfect will of God is. The perfect will of God is when you're in a situation, when you're in a dilemma, and God doesn't move, and if God doesn't come through, you're done. I'll say that again. Let me tell you what the perfect will of God is. The perfect will of God is when you're in a situation, you're in a dilemma, and it looks like God is not going to move, and if God doesn't move, you're done. It's Katie, bar the door. Pack it up and go home. And it's always... It's always the perfect will of God. It's always out of the boat. It's always out of the boat. It's never in the boat. It's always out of the boat. Walking on the waves, walking through the wind, walking through the power, walking through the fiery furnace, walking, thrusting in the lion's den. It's always outside the boat. And what does Peter do? He gets out of the boat. He gets out of the boat. Because God will always terrify you before he edifies you. <laughs> what did I just say? 
I said, God will always terrify you before he edifies you. You don't think it's scary getting out of the boat in the midst of a storm? I'll say that again. You don't think that it's scary getting out of the boat in the middle of the Sea of Galilee or in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean or in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, wherever it may be. You don't think it's scary getting out of the boat in the midst of a storm? I tell you that it is scary. And yet, the world is not going to take notice until you do. I'll say it again. The world is not going to take notice until you do. Because this is where people of now faith walk. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This is where people walk. This is where the people, the now, the people of now faith walk out in the impossible. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. You see, if you're going to bear fruit, I'll say that again. If you're going to bear fruit, you need to get out on the end of the limb because that's where the fruit is. Fruit is at the end of the branch. You know, I know many Christians who are tree huggers. <laughs> I'll say it again. I know many Christians that are tree huggers and they're a trunk hugger because it's where the trunk is where the security is at. Being close to the trunk is where the security is at. Fruit bearers are always out at the end of the limb. Always out at the end of the limb. They're always out there when they think the lamb or they think that the branch is going to break off. You see, you've got to get out of the realm of the natural. And you've got to get into the realm of the supernatural. I'll say it again. You not you got to get out of the realm of the natural and get into the realm of the supernatural. When is the church of the living God going to get out of the natural and begin to walk in the supernatural? When is that going to take place? I've been waiting a long, long, long time. When is the church going to get out of the natural? When is the church going to begin looking for for deliverance out of into the supernatural instead of the natural? Because it's out, on the, it's out in the supernatural is where he's at. That's where the living God is. He's out walking on the water. Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And he says, come, Peter. Come and walk with me. Come and do the impossible with me. Come and be intimate with me. Come, Peter. Get out of that boat and come on. Tree huggers. That's what the 11 disciples were in the boat. I mean, they would go on to do marvelous and wonderful and glorious things. But in this instant, they're trunk huggers. And it's the same problem that many of God's children have today as well. Trusting in something that is failing. The boat was sinking. It was going down. And what are they doing? Trusting in that which is about ready to go down. 
You see, that's the same thing with our economy. It's going down. Our 401s are sinking. Our Social Security is sinking. Our stability is sinking. Our security is stinking. It seems like the House of Representatives and the, the Senate have gone crazy. And so we think that by getting out of the boat, we're going to lose everything we've got, when in reality, if you stay in the boat, you're going to lose everything you have. Hallelujah. Let me tell you where failure is at. It wasn't where the Lord Jesus Christ was out on the Sea of Galilee, and it wasn't where Peter was walking to the Lord Jesus Christ on the Sea of Galilee. Let me tell you where failure is. Failure is staying in the boat. Failure is limiting a limitless God. Failure is trusting in the natural when there's an opportunity for you to walk in the supernatural. You see, I don't believe that there's a greater tragedy than to live this life for the Lord Jesus Christ. And then at the end of this life, your funeral represents the handful that you've made an impact on. Oh, I need to say that again. I don't believe that there's a greater tragedy than to live this life for the Lord Jesus Christ. And at the end of your life, your funeral represents the handful that come to your funeral that you've made an impact on. When the entire world is out there for you to make an impact on. You see, the leaven in the boat had the opportunity to impact everyone outside the boat. The water walkers. The risk takers. The line climbers. The limb climbers. The furnace walkers. Those who rest in the midst of the lions. Get out of the boat. Get out of the boat. Why do you want to stay in the boat? You're miserable in the boat. You're sick in the boat. You're poor in the boat. You're not doing anything in the boat but rowing. Stop fighting and holding on and trying to remain where it's not working. Get out of the boat. Get out, get out, get out of the boat and walk in the realm of the possibilities of Almighty God. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1. I'm going to be reading eight verses here. Amen. Follow me if you got your Bible. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1. Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord, thus saith the Lord. Tomorrow about this time, Shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria? Then a lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, make this thing be. And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. And there were four leprous men at the entering end of the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit here? until we die. Why sit here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city. And we shall die there. If we sit here, 
we die also. Now therefore come and let us fall into the host of the Caesareans. If they save us alive, we shall live, and if they kill us, we shall but die. And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the king of the Egyptians to come on us. Wherefore they rose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. And when, these, and when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment, and went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. Listen to these four leprous men. Why sit here until we die? Why sit in the boat until it goes down? You know, I know a lot of people that will sit in the boat and literally go down with the boat. You know what I want to ask? How long are you going to get sit in the boat? Until you die? Get out of the boat. Praise the Lamb of God. Get out of the boat. Praise the Lamb of God. This is D.K. Grooms with Rock Solid Truth. And I am so glad that you have joined with us. Praise the Lamb of God. I see your names as it has appeared. Amen. As I am preaching. I want to thank you for joining with us. And I want to thank you and, and praise God for you. Amen. That have ears to hear and eyes to see. Praise the Lamb of God. You know, go to our website, www.rocksolidtruth.com. And see what the Lord is doing in the midst of rock solid truth. You know, many of you may never ever set foot in places like Africa, Kenya, Liberia, Pakistan, India, Jamaica, Costa Rica. You may never set foot in these places, but I will tell you that when you become prayer partners and supporters of this ministry, every time that I go, you go. Every time that I'm exalted and people pray for me, you're prayed for as well. Hold us up in your prayers. We need your prayers to keep us going and keep us strong. Amen. And while you're praying, if the Lord instructs you and tells you to be a supporter of this ministry, I will tell you that we will welcome you, thank God for you, call you blessed, and thank you for what you're doing as we go forth to reach the gospel into the uttermost parts of the world. Amen. This is D.K. Grooms. I'm so thankful for you to be here. Amen. And we glorify the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is D.K. Grooms. That's rock solid truth. Go with God. And I guarantee you, he will go with you. <laughs>